Hi, I'm Marcus Sparks. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Bros Watch PLL2. Welcome back. Welcome back. So excited to be here. Loving it. How are you doing, Marco? Doing great. I wish people could see your face. You know what? Here's the thing. We need to start pretending to like this show. So we got to get the Zoomers on our side, man. You, your face looks like you need three root canals and you're suffering from both intestinal and testicular torsion at the same time. Ooh, torsion. That's uh, it's not fun. No. You know what they do for that? They, they say, here's some painkillers. Gut it out. Uh, no, we need to get the Zoomers on our side, man. You know why? Because the mm. Zoomers, they're on TikTok. And there's such a thing I've heard of called book talk, which I assume is related to TikTok. And you got to get it's, trending it's on book talk. And then your show becomes a success or your book becomes a success and they make it a show. So all those Zoomers out there, you got to get in trouble trending on TikTok. We'll be nice to your stupid PLL show. So what is it when people get the Zoomies? Zoomies? That's something cats get. I think people get it too now. And I, I mean, think it's some kind of vernacular. People running around slang. at 3 a.m. Batting balls people, around on the carpet. I think people get the Zoomies too now. I don't think they do. People who aren't, who are Zoomers. You can't get Zoomies if you're past like age four, I don't think. Generation Ranch? Look, get at me. Let me know. Generation Ranch? Like yeah, ranch I, heard that dressing? Other, I heard that the other day. That's awful. Yeah, it is awful. Um. Anyway, whatever. Book talk, man. That that love hypothesis book got like the Raylos got that training on book talk, and they're like making a movie out of it now. I well, I feel like you're missing the obvious thing, which is just to say, trouble is the most Raylo thing ever. It definitely is. It sure is. No fuck lie. Is. Mm-hmm. No lie. Enemies whatsoever. to lovers. Yeah. Would we lie to you? Um. I've never lied, actually. Yeah. Yeah. George Washington. Mm-hmm. Was it Abe Lincoln? Which one is it? I think they're both Fuck known it. for being honest. Fuck them. Washington um, had the cherry tree. S1E4, a Friedel Liars colon original sin, the female gaze. Only male is in parentheses. Written by Eleanor Jean and Janina Kibuka. Um, that's an, a- an ampersand, not an and. So I assume they're a writing team. Mm. And directed by Lisa Soper, who also directed the pilot and I think the second episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what we don't do? What don't we do? The chapters? We, we do not pick up where the last episode left off. I told you so. I fucking told you so, man. Um, before we get to that, though, a couple follow-ups and shout-outs and corrections here. Uh, I think this was Tadvish on Twitter said that uh, a rave on New Year's Eve is probably in a probably abandoned, unheated warehouse. Really doesn't work in any state other than California, Florida, or Hawaii. Yeah, probably true. Probably a little bit chilly there in uh, somewhere near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I, Jawbreak Erica had a good thread. Someone she tweeted like, at us. Boom, boom, Pittsburgh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Jawbreak Erica, she tweeted us a good thread just about like the way the show deals with traumatic loss and like uh, it's nice to read about her experiences and just like the way that the show doesn't like it's like there is no traumatic loss that appears to have happened based on the way the characters interact. Um, Agreed. But like a good example would be the real PLL like at at points with Emily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can take an episode here or there. I mean, I guess you could say this episode is like the unleashing of some sort of pent up emotion from Imogen. We'll get there, whatever. Well, and, and the show's just like, Hey, is Tabby one of your favorite characters? We're going to put her through hell. Mm. Uh, Alexandra asked, uh, is the goal to make as many books as there are clues? She's talking about trouble or possibly expand beyond that. 
Um, there are five books planned, book three coming in September, but mm-hmm. five total. So not necessarily one clue for book. There are two clues, Salt in the last book, for example. Uh, and a lot of people telling us that we're going to hate episode six. Can't wait for that. Looking cool. forward. And uh, thanks to Grace as well. She wrote us a nice long email. Um, she had some good thoughts about Mouse and Ash that I think would be a, a nice jumping off point for a discussion. If those Absolutely. characters had more than like one scene per two episodes. So, you know, yeah. will we ever do anything with those characters? I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Um, yeah. And I, uh, thank you to the Twitter user who pointed out that uh, we're too old for this shit. Yeah. Right. No sh- yeah. Agreed. You're, you're right. We're always, we're you're just, always too old. We're just trying to trend bad, on book talk, man. You're always too old for bad TV. Yeah. So as as uh, as we, I predicted last week, you disagreed with me. You're like, no, no, no. They're going to follow up on last week's. Uh... No, I, I don't think that was my intended tone. If okay. That's what came out. My intended tone was you would be an even worse show than you already are <laughs> to not pick up with a pretty blatantly necessary, quote unquote, cliffhanger. How do we think that? Like what happened there? Did A just stare at them until they ran away or like, did it get weird? Did it get awkward? Seriously. <laughs> They're just like staring at each other. It's been a half hour. They're you're like, is, is that, one of us going to do something? You're telling me Imogen didn't go over to the car? I, I I have no read on like who Imogen is as a person. So I don't know how she would react, really. She was like, oh, does anybody else see that? I'm making that face again. Well, I feel like she stares over at A and then she turns to her friends and she's like, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about my mom. I'm sorry. I mean, much too negative. I'm sure she like gave a heartfelt monologue and then. A did something spooky and ran away, and the show's brilliantly written. Um, this episode is 1999. Saucy. <laughs> so, in my notes, because I don't know who half the characters' names are, I wrote some chick named Marjorie is smoking out behind the school of Angela Waters. Yeah. This is Noah's mom. This is That's the first time that Angela really looks like her character on Stranger Things at all. Yeah. And it's just weird. Yeah. Because that, I, I've not watched all Stranger Things. I recently watched the finale of season three and that scene where she has to like sing the never ending story theme song with that annoying kid uh, is one of the worst things I've ever seen committed to uh Sally Lloyd or digital. So is she, is she, she's dating the annoying kid, right? Yeah. It's like the whole season. You think he made her up, but then no, she's real. And she's like a, an Uber nerd just like him. And they sing the never ending story song together. I'll say this. People are dying. Kid. Never mind the fact that he has a movie like she looks horribly miscast in on Paramount Plus, but at least he's not Finn Wolfhard. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Is that? Thank heaven for small favors. Oh, yes. I am non alcoholic uh, beer. This is how you know we were too old to be podcasting about Pretty Little Liars colon Original Sin. This is a hop refresher. It's basically seltzer that kind of has an essence of beer, even though it's just seltzer and there's no alcohol in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. You okay. disappointed? The look on Marco's face right now. You know what? You're on a journey. Mm -hmm. This is your truth. And I just can't be sad about that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they get caught by the janitor who who gets Angela Waters or Marjorie gets Angela Waters to take the fall. They're Spice Girls. Yeah. Say you'll be there is playing. Which is Uh, a little too late for 99, but okay. Yeah. That's more 96, but okay show. Yeah. Um, so the, the the weird thing where it's it's like oh look Noah's mom always like stashed her contraband on other people and like let them take the fall. It's a it's not exactly subtle. Um, 
the janitor here is just like, Marjorie, you go away. You there, like wallflower girl who probably was definitely not the one smoking. Like, I'm going to march you inside this building and do what to you? I don't know. Like the way it lingers on her getting marched inside. Is this, does this mean something? Does it not mean something? Uh, See, I didn't even think about that. I should have like the, the threat to a young woman's body and everything. But like, I kept thinking in reality, you know, you could be smoking pot in front of a janitor and you'd be like, Hey janitor, I'm smoking pot. Is this bad? And the janitor would be like, you could burn this whole school down with me inside of it. And I wouldn't care. Janitor would be like, uh, it's not bad if you let me get a hit. Yeah. And and then uh, keep your fucking mouth shut, you know? Or in the words of The Simpsons, you don't bother me during four and five. That's Willie's time. This janitor would not give a fuck. Like, what? No. Is this <laughs> like, the same janitor from the pilot? No, no. That was Jason, I think. This is Freddy. I mean, oh, if it is, Jesus dude Christ. doesn't age a day. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, get it. Get it. Is he replaced by Michael? They've seen a horror movie or two. Oh. That means this show is like a horror movie, too. Fucking all right so present day marjorie is marjorie's noah's mom uh we're present at the day the a and day is red just like wow vomit um <laughs> she's going around this is a this is a fucking cheery episode guys <laughs> thanks for listening yeah she's going around the hospital doing rounds whatever she gets back to the nurse's station finds a present waiting for her it's a teddy bear of a bottle of pills and it's like paul wearing a, a shirt that says Mother of the Year on it. The, the A and Year is a capital A in red glitter. Very Again, nice. Are you telling me that this fucking lumbering Leatherface guy is is pulling sub Mona? It wouldn't have killed us gimmicks? to see the the end of the last episode. A's like you know got their little puff glitter paint out, like putting the A on this shirt. You know, I wouldn't have minded. They would have been the most original thing ever, but you know, you're making a PLL show. Especially since jumping ahead, we get the most subpar Pictunia voice, is A's voice. And it's just like, I really love arts and crafts. How dare you compare me to that bozo? Yeah. Oh, you don't realize is that Pictunia has this little porcine paw up A's ass and is manipulating him. Oh, good for you. Good I, I've right got here. one in my off. I've got one in my office. Mm. I don't have one here. I don't want Pictunia in my home where I sleep. We need, we need to I start dream. streaming these on like Twitch or something so we can do a little Pictunia voice with the puppets. Are we just going to have the puppets in front of the camera? <laughs> like we're not real people. I've been waiting. I've had this little thing sitting on my desk. I'm waiting for the right time during a meeting at work, you know, on Zoom to just like slowly raise it up in the frame. And like, just like, but I, the key is like, I can't acknowledge I'm doing it at all. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes if I'm unemployed soon. I feel like, the one person in the meeting who will see it will be the one who who mysteriously dies next. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, back to ninety nine. They were flashbacking after- again to be like it wasn't enough to get that flashback of Noah's mom being like, "Oh, that's you're you're you suck, Noah's mom. You're like always like letting somebody else take the fall." Uh, yeah. And then it flashes back again, like, "Oh, she gave Angela this teddy bear as an apology for making her take the fall." And I don't know. It's it's like a weird hat it's on a, a hat. I don't think we needed both of these things. It says like, best friends forever. I think we would have got the point with just the teddy bear and the attic thing. I don't know if we needed the special Angela thing. I don't know, whatever. It just it just binds a to Angela like almost a little too much. Well, this is okay. You know, theory crafting. This is right after the last episode when Noah told Sean that it was her mom's drugs and she took the fall. Yeah. Um, so now Sean Chip is, you know, on our suspect list. But I mean, like, again, the text message at the end of episode two is like, 
I'm going to kill you all. Mm-hmm. Presumably, the race is to see which of you will be like live the longest. But also, I'm going to kill your moms. So it's like there's nine of you in the in the the Deadpool. Who are the five bullies? Is it these people? Is it the moms? Is it the moms? Is it random other people? I think somebody tweeted that theory at us mm-hmm. uh, or emailed it. Maybe. Um, anyway, detention in the library. Looks like it's Halloween there from the decorations. Uh, detention seems pretty chill. If you, if like all five of these girls can just like hang out together and, and like talk quietly. Oh. Well, yeah. the teacher reads, they're, they're like bodice rippers. Yeah. Apparently. Um, but of course, Imogen has to be like, sorry, I need to take this answer, this ringing phone call because I'm pregnant. It's my doctor. So she steps out in the hallway playing that pregnancy card. Uh, but don't worry, this phone call is about her mom. Uh, she's on the phone of Mr. Thompson, Don Thompson, who was a kid in the 1999 yearbook. She's apparently been calling people in the yearbook to ask them about her mom, ask about Angela Waters. And they all like and immediately all... freak out when she mentions yeah. Angela. I can't talk yeah. to you about that. What do you want about her? Also, when he's like, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it either, man. Like, <laughs> call me on the First of all, you're calling me on the phone? Yeah. Desperate? And we cut outside to like Sleepy Hollow or whatever this like weird foggy place is. Um, they're in front of like the Steppenwolf statue for the school or whatever. We we hear in dialogue that it's wow, two weeks of juvie is done, or, or I'm sorry, two weeks of detention is done. That's nothing after juvie. So like last episode, they said two weeks suspension or four weeks of juvie, or I'm sorry, two weeks suspension or four weeks of detention. Apparently, they just got two weeks of detention, so they really it's got right down the middle. Yeah, right down the middle. Yeah. Um, and it's over. We just yada yada past that. And this is this is a weird scene because I feel like the show is like it didn't even mention the bisque. Yeah, it's grasping for like the uh, like the crank to kickstart the plot engine. You know, it's like it suddenly feels like, hey, is the show still going? What are we doing? Do you guys are we still going to hang out? Like I don't know. It's it's a very bizarre vibe at the beginning of this episode. It feels like we're coming back to like a season two premiere or something. Like yeah. as though like something major has happened when it really hasn't. No, no, and and you should be ramping up, and because we're half, we're almost halfway through the season, and yet all of the plot points are non-starters. Yeah. Oh, one more comment on Noah's mom. Like she ends that scene by looking directly at the camera. I feel like they do that a lot in this episode. Like characters will look right into the camera. It's just very weird. So I I thought so at first. I think she's occasionally looking at the camera and occasionally looking just slightly past it but it's sloppy yeah um anyway so mouse asks, what what now farron this is where i want farron to be like peace out i never want to see you four ever fucking again but she's just like i'm gonna go back to swan lake noah's back on the chain game um and then like imogen makes this kind of comical exaggerated like look left right look right you know like like she's Mm -hmm. aria being like are you talking about a because they haven't got a. Because I, I feel like Imogen is keeping A alive more than anything else in this show is at this point. But they haven't gotten a you know a word or a text or a whatever in two weeks, you know, from that big hulking fucking dude in the van that was watching them two weeks ago. So Imogen won't let it go. She wants to find out about Angela Waters' connection to their mom. She says that she's been making lots of calls. No one's talking. Farron's like, uh, and the mystery continues, dripping of sarcasm, and she's like, "Good, Good luck, luck with, with that. that." And it's like. Farron's kind of the worst, right? Right, she's the, absolutely the worst. I you think know, I said that this is the, last I, week. I think she she's kind of 
it, it doesn't work right, but like she's the Cordelia in a way. She's mm. like the outsider who keeps getting sucked into something she doesn't want to be a part of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it, the show isn't structured that way. It it has her positioned as like one of the BFFs along with everyone else, but she's not really like like the show wants them to be like, oh, it's the liars, it's the sinners, whatever. There, this is like you know team BFF here. But I think it would work a lot better if she was like a little bit of an outsider who kept on, kept on getting like pulled into this stuff. I feel like Buffy was always smart though about from the very beginning, in a combination of of some character execution and also. Charisma Carpenter just mm-hmm. being like, hey, Cordelia's kind of a person though. Like, there's still a little bit of her perspective and her viewpoint of the world and why she would bully the others. Uh, Farron is just terrible depending on which way the wind is blowing. But I don't think the show thinks she's terrible. I think the show thinks she's like a total girl boss walking away from explosions. Everything she says is great, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Which like it's fine. Explosions. It's fine to have your character not be perfect, but I don't think this show is okay with that. I think this show thinks all its characters are perfect and, and unflawed. What a shame! Yeah. Uh, so they see some football players walking past, and Tabby makes an excuse about having for, forgotten something in the AV room. It's obviously a blatant lie, and she goes back. We see her like sneak into the locker room, grabbing another hidden GoPro. Someone comes in, so she goes and hides in a stall. It's like Greg and some other dude. This locker room talk, LOL. Yeah, this is definitely about, what the bros talk about. Dude, I came twice. Yeah, she came twice, and so did he. I never pulled out. I just stayed inside her. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> sure, dude. This guy, I almost wish he would replace Greg and just be a fucking character because he's so off the wall horrible. Um, yeah, you know, Greg's mixed to come to the Trish, whoever Trish is, is the doorknob of Millwood High. They've all had their turn, which is gross and just really outdated. Uh, and we get a close with Tabby. She's there in the stall absorbing all this because Tabby's character's on a journey that I guess they started in their minds setting up for us last week. Yeah, I mean, it's this is the episode where it's like, hey, let's give these characters some of their own plot lines, I guess. Um, I mean, we'll we'll follow her where she goes later, but just in this scene, I don't know. The the dialogue wasn't great. Like, I guess Tabby's just getting triggered or whatever by bros being bros in locker rooms or, or bathrooms or so I don't know if we talked about this on the air. I I think I was at least talking about this with a friend of the pod crystal. Like though there's a popular theory just from like the first episode drops that like Tabby is planting um cameras in the locker room to like film the boys because she's looking for like some sort of evidence or physical body characteristic of somebody who assaulted her. Mm. Um, it would the, make sense. But the way they dangled that, no pun intended in the, in the first episode. Well, like it's been weird. a month now in like story time. Right. So like how much footage do you need? You know, like there's only so many dudes going into that locker room. Like, I don't know. It just seems like it's like they like they had to drop the plot point in there early to be like intrigue. And now like three episodes later, they're like, we're starting to sort of follow up on this. I can't even make the jokes yeah. I want to make here. Mm-hmm. Don't go ahead. Potentially. It's a very serious storyline. I don't want to make those jokes. Yeah. Uh, so Tabby's house, Tammy Imogen and Sharon Leo are all having dinner. They're sitting almost last supper style. Sharon Leo has exciting news. Apparently a lovely couple made an offer in Imogen's house. 
And Imogen wanted her so she can go be the one to clean up all of her old shit. Would you let one person, especially a pregnant teenager, Why go? Pregnant ass Imogen volunteering to pack up her whole house. What is wrong with you? Be like, no, this is like, we pay movers to do this. If you want to go look at your stuff, that's fine. You know. Yeah. Title card. Bum bum bum. Friday. In the film class, Mr. Smithy. You can't have this character be seriously named Mr. Smithy and be a regular character on the show. You just fucking can't. Like that's ludicrous. Um, whatever. It, it just it just takes the show on a level of parody. Anyway, he says that it's a partner's assignment. He wants them to pick a director off his approved list, then recreate a scene from their catalog. But they need to pitch their vision for the scene to the class and why it's relevant for today. And Chip and Tabby share a look. So the way they look at each other in this class, they're both like smiling and grinning. I feel like when I'm watching a scene for the first time, I'm like, oh, they must know exactly what they're doing already, and they've got a nope. great idea. No, they don't. They don't have any idea. So why are they smiling at each other like that? I don't know. Well, I mean, like the the look they share, like they're just going to fuck the shit out of this assignment and like, just mm-hmm. fuck shit up. And they're just like, like high school cinemas, little, little enfant terrible or whatever. It's fucking ludicrous. Um, anyway, so dance class locker room. This doesn't look like a real locker room for dancers. I just got to say. I mean, anyway. we've had we've had plenty of tweets and emails about the ludicrousness of this ballet school in this completely like dumpy uh, town, you know, that seemingly like 30 kids go to this high school, this but they have this massive a, ballet school. This is more of a starship troopers locker room than a high school ballet class locker room. But anyway, Farron and Kelly are there and Kelly's like setting up shop in Karen's old locker. So Farron's like, what's that about? And Kelly's like, oh, I just like Karen's better with again, no real nuance to performance or indication beyond utter flatness that this might have been the old switcheroo yeah it's very just like blandly done like this show is is like subtlety what is that you know like we can't possibly have a character do anything that uh like the audience is just supposed to notice without someone in the audience like voicing it Mm. i guess it's for like second screen viewers or something uh, we get we get uh, some ballet shots here. They're not very good. Um, I don't know what the point of this scene is. It's just like, oh, look, it's Farron doing ballet with Chip Henry or maybe I'm not even sure if this is the actual actor or stuntman. It's hard to tell. And like also, Madame Geary is just watching. I, I don't know what we're supposed to take from this scene. These just two windows and an unearthly amount of haze. Oh, yeah. Why does the classroom need to be this fucking atmospheric? This looks like a room that you would go compose Frankenstein as a prose piece in. Mm-hmm. Like, then, then a fucking high school dance class. So in Madame Gary's office, she's telling Farron to, like, Well, like, Madame Gary up. is watching that, and it's like, is she impressed by Farron? Is she unimpressed? Does she think Farron needs to practice harder? Like, what? It's, it's like, what was the point of that scene other than to be like, yep, that's some ballet. Gary's like in a whole other fucking show, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one, like several people pointed out, it's like a fan of the opera reference. And guys, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Anyway, so um, the, she, for, Gary's like, you know, I want you to get caught up on one-on-ones of Kelly, who has dedicated herself to Swan Lake. Um, I don't know. Madame Gary must be Farron's idol because she knows how to be cutting and savage in a way that Farron is like an apprentice to. Anyway, track because noah runs track she's running around the track the grass looks my Rafiko is five three not exactly built for track and field but sure 
the grass looks choppy, gross. The bleachers look disgusting. There are prisons that have better facilities. Yeah, seriously, there are like prison yards that are like better maintained. Yard, this is this is grass. fucking. This like this is not like children shouldn't be allowed near this fucking disgusting piece of land. But yeah, the coach checks her stopwatch. Well, there's this really goofy shot where she like runs past uh, her boyfriend Chip there, and just some like randos who are sitting on the bench and the behind Chip. Uh, Chip. And they all just like turn and watch. Like this is the most exciting thing they've ever seen. Is just like this chick, like running across the track. Like John is thumbs upping like the biggest dork slash psycho ever. <laughs> what is up with that thumbs up? Um. Also, she has. So it's they especially point out that she didn't have the ankle monitor on at all last week. Mm-hmm. She has it back on now. I I don't know. Is it a big deal that it came back on in the last two weeks? Obviously, it's going to come off off screen in this episode why would it come off off screen yeah anyway, it's, it's been such a big fucking deal why would it come off off screen anyway some kind of outdoor area by a body of water uh, why didn't you make this like a high school set or whatever, whatever the say hello to ash everyone maybe you'll see him again in two episodes well ash is just like hey what's up i'm a character who actually has a pulse <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing on this show either um, there's a lot of folks there. Mouse is like meaning fash. He has this line about like he's like really trying to sell her on this like spectrum thing. And it almost sounds like he's just like, well, it's inclusive, so you should come. And it's like I'm getting weird like like youth group vibes now from from this dude. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to go to your club. Yeah. Um, so he asks what she's doing for Halloween. She says that she's or he says that he usually goes to a midnight movie at the Orpheum, but here they're not doing that this year. Uh, he wants to dress up as either Ziggy Stardust or Freddie Mercury. He suggests crashing a few parties, but she says, oh no, my mom's never let me go out on Halloween. So he offers to come over and like help hand out candy, hang out the moms. She just like and, keeps shutting him down. Well, it's like, for the love of God, work with this man. Yeah. Like he's he's trying to be the coolest person in the world to you. Well, and she so one point says like, oh, I especially wouldn't want you to come over. And it's like, is that a good thing or you just totally diss me? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read it as like I wouldn't want you to be inflicted upon yeah, like, yeah. my horrible world, but it sounds like she's just like especially the fuck not off. you. <laughs> uh, oh, but gosh. maybe she'll be able to sneak out or something. So they smile and uh, so long, Ash. We'll see you in three episodes. Ash, you're too good for this show. Uh, meanwhile, Imogen goes to her house. She looks around, has a flashback. It's like her as a little girl. When her mom brings her home and tells her that the house is all theirs and like they run upstairs. I thought this scene of- was funny because Carly Pope actually looks like Carly Pope in it. Like she has her normal hair. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's definitely like like facially, like she looks different than she did, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Leslie Bibb looks exactly the same. Um, so back in the present, there's a noise. Imogen grabs a flashlight, she goes to investigate. Of course, she's got a creepy fucking basement, so she's gonna go down there and find this noise. Um, not a we lot get, of houses in California have basements yeah thank you thank you <laughs> um, does. not my favorite movie by Fincher but I would go I would rather I would, I would go watch go that watch, right now I would yeah. watch Zodiac right now I, I would pause this podcast honestly I wouldn't even tell you to stop recording we'll just release it the four hour version where we just watch Zodiac in the other room mm-hmm. um, A under the stairs. stairs A under the yeah. stairs they can't just let it play creepy they have to just like jump on top of some piano keys to let you know whoa there's somebody there it's like come on show but also the music is like a second too soon yeah yeah no it it like it doesn't give you time to see a before it tells you a is there like it's it's too quick yeah yeah like i'm sorry did you get so excited that you like your piano player like came a little (laughs) flew this load early early, man yeah (laughs) 
Um, Common problem among middle-aged men or something. <laughs> so they're in this living room, full like full living room or whatever in the basement. Is going through. A, she's going through a box. Here's some people upstairs. Goes and investigate. Once she's gone, Leatherface oh, comes from around the, a corner. The box has it's like weird dolls. You know, it's just like, hey, everyone, it's an Easter egg, right? Um, yeah, great. What is A doing here? Why is why is A just always like lingering around like a dork? You're not scary, Sorry, dude. I had to go number two. Yeah. This is the nearest bathroom. Out on the porch, the couple who put the offer is and is like taking some pictures to celebrate. And Imogen comes and gives them some shit. Oh, she's them what happened she's to awful house. to them, yeah. I just wrote in my notes, I miss Jeanette Turner. Oh, yeah. I really miss I her. miss that show. I can't wait to cure Aurelia's in season two of this fucking show. Um, so Tabby's house at night. We see the room Imogen's like staying, which has some intense fucking red wallpaper. The wallpaper, man. like some fucking gothic red wallpaper. And in, in that flashback, when Imogen and her mom moved in, uh, Davy, there, it was like, wow, it always had terrible wallpaper. Like I just, I guess, just every house in Millwood has the worst wallpaper imaginable, and nobody is allowed to change it because it's a fucking Silent Hill town. Um, so yeah, Sharon Leal comes in to see Imogen. She's heard from the buyers. We find out apparently that Imogen told him that a woman was murdered there. And Imogen's kind of nasty about it and how it's her house. She doesn't want strangers living there. Sharon Lewis says that the couple pulled their offer. So she mentions that Imogen's mom was in a lot of debt and she hoped the sale would cover it. And she's heard from old classmates. Imogen's calling around. She asks why. And Imogen comes out guns blazing, saying there's a connection between Angela and her mom and that she, Sharon Leal, is not sharing what it is. Um, and Sharon Hill's just like, Imogen, are you maybe wanting to see something that isn't there or that bad writing is convincing you? Is there? Imogen, however, is unhinged and steps steps to Sharon Leo, accusing her of covering something up. Uh, in my notes, cut at any point. I'm in I'm, my notes. I have written down like, are we? Sh- I I think like I wonder if maybe Bailey Madison had like COVID during this episode. I feel like she's green screened into a lot of these shots. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like something about the way they're shooting it where she's never in the same frame really. Um, especially, well, that case, especially that shot out on the porch talking to those people okay. uh, in the scene earlier. Um, yeah, this scene, this scene tells me that like these writers don't know how to let their characters lose a scene. Like Imogen should lose this scene to the adult and be frustrated by it, but they don't know. Like it's like they're incapable of like allowing their character to lose ever, and so Imogen has to win the scene. And Sharon Lil just comes off as kind of like ineffective and yeah. like like just like unimpressive as an adult like all she can do is kind of like stammer about like let it go like it's just like no she needed she needed to come down hard and win the scene like it's okay for imogen to not always like you know be successful number one bailey madison is playing the scene like like this ladies and gentlemen is the day that imogen adams finally became president of the united states Mm -hmm. but also pila was smart about and they had great actors trying aside you didn't know how to end the scene you just bat the ball over to uh uh ashley benson mm-hmm. she throws some hand face on it boom we're out of the scene yeah, like, we're done. there you go bob's your uncle um anyway her mom or sharon little tells her to get her shit together and, and say goodbye and whatever yeah it's that last shot after she says say goodbye where it's just like imogen's doing it really looks green screen to me uh, okay this next scene is fucking perplexing this <laughs> scene we we're talking about Sam Raimi and Evil Dead. We should do something at the Orpheum. Is Chip Chip? Are they at the Orpheum? I guess they're they at are. the Orpheum. Yeah. Why the fuck are they at the Orpheum? Where's other Chip? Shouldn't he be like, hey, what the fuck? You just left my place. I exactly. I 
don't care about his agency whatsoever, but you're honestly telling me there wouldn't be a moment where he's just like, hey, Tabby, Babylicious, why did you walk out on me the well, other it's, night? It's like the characters don't exist when they're not on screen or something. But also, you're, you told your mom that you would quit. It's two weeks later. Like, how are you justifying? I mean, I guess they're just working on a project. Like, I don't know. Chip is in his work uniform. So, I don't so know. So she's hanging like, out with him. Yeah. But also... He suggests, you know, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're telling me Sam Raimi's on this approved director's list? I don't, I don't think believe so. this list is only horror, right? It's like, no, it's just like, um, like well-known filmmakers is what, right, what right. the impression I got. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, that Tabby is like horror obsessed. So she wants to do horror. But yeah, Sam Raimi is not on the list. Like, but it's like this guy suggests Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead just so we can have like her threw out some hot takes about, um, you know, like the, the scene the where the, the tree like rapes the, the one girl in the original evil dead, which is, I don't know, man, a little, I, it's a little too pat considering that this will tie into the deep, dark secret of tabby. I, I feel like in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's it, Ramey wasn't even on the list, you know, like it's, it's yeah. kind of clunky. Like we had to, we had to mention this scene just so yeah. we can get just the evil get dead hot take. Yeah, yeah. Just to get there. Uh, but anyway, you know who's on the list? We hear is the master of the macabre himself. Dun, 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 dun. Monday. Definitely Alfred Hitchcock. No issues with women. You know yes, what I'm seriously. saying? Yes, seriously. <laughs> Legendarily known for being totally cool with women. Vertigo and Psycho are just a celebration of women's bodies and their ability to own them. Yeah, all so on their own. Cut to Monday. We, ac- we actually get Funeral March for a Marionette. The theme to Alfred Hitchcock Presents. The, the, we see a close-up of like Tabby's lips. It's like the credit sequence to Vertigo. It's like you, you, you can successfully do a, a half-assed film reference visually. Why is the rest of this episode and the other episodes? Well, but like, what bad? is the point of this really? Like, oh, we're just like really tight on Tabby's mouth at the start of the scene, but it doesn't mean anything. It's like okay, like maybe if you've seen Vertigo, you're like, oh, it's a reference, but. I don't know. Like, just we're not going to do. It feels so empty. Yeah. Well, but also, if you're going to reference yourself, why not do some like close-ups on the eyes? Yeah. Um. So, Tabby's got this whole like they're like presenting to the class, like her and Chip, about like why they're doing the scene. This is like such like a nonsense thing that would never happen in a school. Like, this is basically like the teacher is like Tabby. I'd like you to explain your motivation in this episode to the class if you can, and kind of like where your mind is and what you're thinking about. She's like, why, why sure I will. Well-written yeah. teacher. Yeah. Um, so violence is oh, always perpetrated against women's bodies by men. That's the foundation of almost every horror movie. And then there's like this weird thing where chips like drawing a red line through all these horror movies and then underlying scream or not scream uh, psycho back in you know, 1960 there. So the teacher assumes that she's, she's, positing that she's going to put another young woman vulnerable young woman in norman's crosshairs and she's just like haha 3d chess here <laughs> haha Funny you, you dumb bastard that. yeah 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 i'm gonna prove you to be the misogynistic pig you are in front of the whole class you pathetic teacher who makes nothing teaching this class um she says that their victim will be a man and the killer a woman she's like different genders different power dynamics and none of that transphobic panic shit either well, then why were you talking about dress to kill <laughs> Look, I fucking love Brian De Palma, but that's not a cool movie. Or from the talking. point of view of the female gaze. And then it just, it just does this weird slit diopter thing with 
chip smiling and looking at her on like the side of the frame i don't okay from this point on chip is perplexing to me the looks he gives her i think there's an obvious read I don't know if the show is clever I, enough I, to have a non-obvious take. I don't know if the show is really be doing the obvious read or if it's just like again, no nuance. Mm-hmm. Um and then we cut to the uh cafeteria where Tabby's like explaining her genius to her quote unquote friends here. Basically, it's contemporary feminist take on the shower scene from Psycho. Is it? No. Is is that feminist? I don't know. Just like switching genders that makes it feminist. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know. But perhaps, I mean, perhaps somebody were, could uh, go deeper. If you're if you are aping Hitchcock's shots, is just switching the the two roles, eliminating the male gaze and like conquering it and taking it over? I mean, I possibly. This is, but this is what drives me fucking nuts about the Riverdale guy. It it like all his shows have this really cringy, like extremely online hot take vibe. Where it feels like this, like this guy would rather be like dropping like a ten tweet thread on Twitter about some topic than actually making a TV show. Like in the in the pilot of Riverdale, there's a whole scene where I think it's Betty and Veronica are like doing like a cheer audition or whatever, and like they're just you know it's not going well. The sizzle isn't there, and so Veronica's like, "Check this out," and she starts like making out with Betty, and it's like ooh titillating. And then Cheryl it was it Cheryl. Uh, she like delivers this whole monologue on how like trite and pandering it is to have two girls kiss each other or whatever. And it's like, but you just did it show. You put that in the yeah. trailer. Like you're marketing that, like you can't have your cake and eat it too like that. Like you got to yeah. pick one. And so well, this show and- is like, maybe if you're interested in like the idea of subverting like male fantasy, sexualized slasher flicks and like, then make that your fucking show. Instead of just having your characters talk about it in the show, like go write a fucking Twitter thread if you just have, want to get a bunch of hot takes out. But like if you're masquerading as a writer of fiction, maybe try actually telling a story and getting your ideas out through the story instead of just having characters spout them. Well, but also what I hate about this show and us us trying to talk about it is that where characters are coming from, I don't disagree with. No, like, that's it's like, and, yes, these are all fine this ideas. This would be a great... <laughs> I could see a great pitch where, like, are you going to the room and we're like, we want to subvert the male gaze. We want to do something different. We want to take this thing and spin it. We want to do this. We want to, we want the show to be, you know, pretty woke. And I could see people being like, wow, great. What a smart, edgy show. You're going to do something really innovative here. And you'd fucking turn in this shit. Like, four episodes in, we've seen a throw one girl off of, uh, you know, lighting rig or whatever and chase around Maya Rafiko for a while. And it's like, wow, you're really subverting those horror movie tropes. Like, I don't, I don't like, what are we supposed to, you know, like, no. what are we supposed to be interpreting from, like, you know, all this, like, kind of noise you're making about, like, how you're so much more progressive? It's like, you're kind of just making the same old thing. Right. And is the Maya Fico action scene to come? Is that turning the tables in any way? Like, no, it's not. It's just the yeah. standard horror movie scene. Yeah. You're literally putting a young woman in danger, making her vulnerable while a man chases her. I mean, I'm sorry. Is this is this the next level of 3D chess that I'm trapped in where he's just like, ha, ha, ha. It was all which like it's game. It's fine to have that kind of horror movie scene. I think it's also fine to criticize that sort of scene, but you can't put them together and like be like, give me credit, please. You know, like yeah. if you're like if you're going to have your characters like constantly speechify about this, then like put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. that, that that's anyway. my, my take on like all of the tabby stuff in this episode is it just feels very 
like like we've got a lot of hot takes about like safe sets, you know, and like people feeling comfortable with like explicit scenes and whatnot. It's like, okay, you're probably in the writer's room and you're reading Twitter and you're like all like spouting back and forth, like, oh, it should be this way and that way. It's like I think that's maybe interesting to you in the writer's room. Most teenagers don't really give a shit about that. No, and some, I don't think... Some teens might, you know, very, you know, extremely online or like people really interested in the industry are probably interested in like, you know, the ethics of sex scenes being filmed and whatnot. But like, that's not... What are you doing? This is a show for teenagers. Exactly. But like, I'm sorry, give me the money and I will go poll 1,000 random teenagers from a variety of subsets. Uh, they even know what an intimacy coordinator yeah. is. I'll also throw in Sean Bean for the fun <laughs> of it. That, that Sean Bean quote. Look, I like Sean Bean, but his his comments. Fucking it's insane. rough. It's rough. But it's, it's also like, hey, you know where the placer that is? Like, you can, you can chat about that in the writer's room. You can tweet about it if you feel strongly. But like, go write, go tell an actual story instead of just having your character spout off on this. Like, it's not interesting. It just just to, to cover in case because I mentioned Sean Bean. If anyone has a, has a question about my take on it, a love scene is a technical scene, like a fight scene. Like there's not a lot of room for like as Sean Bean puts it, spontaneity. Especially if you haven't covered it with your half naked co star. Anyway, school school's cafeteria. Everybody uh, has an excuse to get out of her lame movie thing, except for Farron, who it couldn't could be like, I'll take it or leave it. Like, do I get to stab a hot guy? Basically. Also, Farron, are you at all bothered by being the last fucking choice? I'm sorry, you're gonna ask Mouse before me. I love you that Mouse fucked. was Mouse was like, I actually don't like horror movies. I guess yeah. this should have come up by now. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that me, was my fourth line of the episode. I only get one more, so I got to make them count. I'm sorry the 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 show would have won me over if comedically it was Mouse. In the Noah scene yeah, later, and yeah. she dies. Mm-hmm. Like then, I would have been like, okay. Well, it's like we're we're doing genius. something. We're taking the shy character and we're getting her out of her element. You know, yeah. Mm. So, fucking a. Um, yeah. So, Farron's like, who am I going to be stabbing? Tabby suggests Henry, her dancer co-star. And Farron's like, no, I might actually date him. So. Tabby's like, this is really, you know, like the short, this short is really important to her. I can't, she talks, she talks to like, she, people writing for like the fucking websites that cover this. Like she's yeah, not no, it's to, because, to viewers. It's because the writers of the show, it feels like they would rather be podcasting and writing TV recaps rather than actually making a television show. Right. Like it was the same thing I had with the web. Like, like guys, we can trade if you want, you can do the podcast. We'll make your show. You know, like if, oh. if, if, if you'd prefer it that way. I'd fucking love it. I'll bring in, I'll bring I, in Bell. Like, Sorry to direct. Yeah. Chandler um, Kinney, Meyer Fico, take a step forward. Thank oh, you. Everybody man. else, thanks for coming. Uh, you can collect your last paycheck. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Chandler Kinney, Meyer Fico, you're welcome on this podcast literally anytime, anytime whatsoever. Um, but it's kind of like the way like like Girls was written. Like, is this for people who write articles about this show? <laughs> yeah. Or is this for like real viewers of HBO? Home box office. I don't know. Maybe Zoomers love this. Sorry, forget everything we said. Zoomers, this is totally rad, isn't it? They're listening. We to right love now. having positive representation and discussions of safe sets and intimacy coordinators. You know, you know what I would love for this show to make me Zoomers. I would love for it to make me an enemies to a lover, huh? Huh? <laughs> brought it home. Um. Anyways, meanwhile, enter Greg, big dick on campus. Apparently, he's like, oh, is he though? His- I was, I was led to believe that he was not very large and could not keep it erect for very long. Well, 
I guess here's he got problem. over that. Like it's public shaming. Why would you introduce the other guy? Yeah, yeah, I know. Then have Greg. <laughs> yeah, that should have like, just been Greg. Or I don't, well, it's it's seriously. funny because Greg's girlfriend committed suicide two weeks ago, and before that, he was like publicly shamed about having a non-functional penis. Um, but which, like, which, yeah, Greg. But he's back to being worse. But he's video. back to being Greg the douchebag, and they're like they yeah. have to like in this next scene where like Tabby goes to talk to him, they have to like kind of like pave it over as well as they can. Where she's like, "Hey, Greg, got a second? And he's like. What the fuck? You made that video of Karen. And she's like, Oh, it's truly the biggest regret of my life. And he's like, I got a few of those. <laughs> it's like, wow. I, okay, we're done. Wow. Okay. People, I'm not being cute on Twitter. It takes me four episodes four hours to watch these episodes. But this was especially like I had to pause and just be like, what are we doing? I almost called you and been like, Do we have to keep he going? Says, I've got a few of those, and I know she fucked with you and your friends. And Tabby says she did, uh, but still no excuse. And it's like, uh, all right, well, we're done with that. Anyways, well, then, I'm making another video, Greg. You want to get naked in it? She's got almost a Imogen level of tact with, uh, <laughs> hey, want to be in my movie? But he does not seem to care in the slightest. No, he couldn't give a fuck. It's as though some some part of his reptile brain is like, I guess I should say something about my girlfriend. That earlier scene, died. it's so fucking simple. You have Greg walk in, say he fucked this Trish the Dish girl. Yeah, yeah. You and then you're like, oh, total douchebag. You yeah. have him talking to Sean because mm-hmm. I don't know what the purpose of Sean is. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean's probably uh, secretly A or something. Yeah. That's so, that's so, so blatant well, the, and the, obvious that it's so dumb. The fun thing is we get to the end of this episode is, um, we we don't just have like who's A, who's Leatherface, but there's a new mystery of like who is the rapist. You know, that's going to be the, right. the new mystery. So we, we've got a lot of balls in the air here. I will lose my mind if we ever see the word rapist and it has a capital A. Oh, gross. I will fucking lose my mind. <laughs> gross. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, so he's like, and I want to, I want to like Greg because he's just like the show. I actually kind of, I kind of loved what a douche he is in this. Like later on when he's like just perving out on that, I was like, I was like, like Tabby's like getting super mad. I'm like kind of enjoying this. Sorry. Sorry, like Tabby. I, I feel like this guy showed up and he's like, this bullshit show needs a Gaston. And well, I am fucking it. I mean, he is acting like a teenager, you know, like yeah. just a stupid dude. But like he's what I love about it is he's also showing at times that he's aware of like a woke vernacular. Mm-hmm. He's just subverting it himself. Like yeah. I want him to be like, Tabby, that's actually how you subvert something. Ha <laughs> ha. Here's my balls. Um, he's like basically there's a shower scene of a hot girl I'm in so she's like oh I had no idea this would be far too easy like god damn it Tabby you can't be this naive Um, anyway so dance classroom Farron and Kelly are doing some leg stretches they have it out Kelly's not as good as dancers Farron she points out that she has an asterisk next to her name so Farron comes off Karen. so bad in this gaslighting microaggressor yeah well Farron's just like Oh, your your sister totally sucked anyway. And she said I was like an asterisk and I only got the part because I was black. And Kelly's like, well, she didn't actually say that, did she? And she's like, don't gaslight me, you microaggressor or whatever. And it's like the only reason like I'm a better dancer than you. And like the only reasons you're here is because like, you know, Madam Gary asked me to or whatever. It's like, I don't know. Just like, are we rooting for Farron in this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, does, it, does it almost make by the end of it? Does it make Kelly look better? Gary feels sorry for you because your sister died. So let's just get through this, all right? 
And so Kelly's like, look, we don't have to practice together, okay? I'll just go do my thing, and you just be a queen, girl. And Farron was like a fucking flashback, remembering that Karen said the same thing to her before. Again, please, please, you can't have a character named Farron in a and scene Karen. where she has to call, yeah. talk, talk about Karen copiously. Please um, have some have some mercy on us. But yeah, meanwhile, the sheriff's disgusting office. He's asking uh, Noah if she's like keen to get her ankle monitor off this league. He, Eric she's Johnson like, was bad in this scene. She's like, you could say I'm Katie Keen to get it off, uh, but he's not done with her yet. He has some kind of meet some requirements for a year to get her her record expunged. There's like a threat here. I I'm just I don't understand sure the point of this is. scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. It's just like, hey, shit, we don't have an Eric Johnson scene, and we're kind of talking about her ankle monitors. So it's been four episodes now, and he's only sort of vaguely brought up what she saw him doing. You know. Like I don't know. Uh, the 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 email from Grace was a, had a great point about, and I don't think we fully covered. Like, it's not whether or not the sheriff has a, a, a an old school scandalous reveal of like a homosexual leaning or what have you. It's that he's a predator. He's just a fucking power yeah. That was that was like music. one of the the kids on this like juvenile cleanup crew. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and even if they weren't a juvenile cleanup crew, he is taking he's using his office to just abuse someone who's younger. But uh, why don't you expunge this scene from the show's record? Have Noah bring up getting the ankle monitor off later this week in the previous scene, and then instead take this scene and show us getting the ankle monitor off. And having him, and having him a, give some sort of like vaguely threatening. You know mine. about me, but I can still screw you over. So you better like keep your mouth shut. Kind of, you know, like it would, it's yeah. like a simple scene. Yeah. Well, like, like even because the single monitor is off doesn't mean you're free. From, yeah. Yeah. You know, something like that. But like PLL was smart about the real PLL was smart about like when Ashley Marin has an ankle monitor on, we're going to show you the ankle monitor coming off. Um, so Noah's room, she's got Sean over from some studying. She I think you mean up chip. On her desk. Sorry. No, Noah's chip. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, mad that my, she like my, took the my fall. drinky yeah. is not deep enough to keep track of all these mm. characters. But yeah. And she mentions the sheriff riding her ass. It feels like in the sh- in the in the scenes we've seen, this is the first time that she's brought up to Sean her actual struggles. He doesn't know. He knows about her mom. her mom and the drugs. He does not know that she saw the sheriff right. with that kid. I believe. Right. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's he's got to be fucking mystified why the sheriff would let her go to that dance in the first place. Yeah. Well, he's, he's mad at her for like letting, or he's mad at her mom for like, you know, making Noah take the fall. And then the mom comes in. Speak of the devil. Yeah. Want to go to a movie? Maybe you're welcome to join us. No, I'm good. Yeah. And he so, just like takes off. An image is old house. She's moving boxes around while moving some puzzles around. She finds she is Ouija pr- seven months pregnant. Is she? Well, it, was it was six five, months earlier. It was five months before her mom offed herself, and then it was a month later, and now it's been another month. Oh, I'm sorry. So I is believe if my math want, adds up, that is seven months. Is this PLL? Do you I, want to do some timeline? Well, it's not November. You know, <laughs> as true. as we all know, and pretty liars, November lasts for like a year and a half, but <laughs> three years. Mm-hmm. So in 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 like season halfway through season five, Mouse gets killed on Thanksgiving. <laughs> The same year. Um, but yeah, she's moving box around. She finds just Ouija's board. She flashes back to like a dark and stormy night where her mom suggests they play it. And Davy's like, Do you I believe, don't believe a mom would ever play a Ouija board with her daughter? I don't okay, know. Okay, but like, 
what fucking warped Gilmore girls yeah. life did these two share? What is happening? Like, there's clearly something happening that's like supposedly dangling between her eyes between these Tabby and like or Imogen and, and Davy Flash. Even if your mom would play Ouija board with you, I feel like there's something about Ouija boards as sort of this like rite of juvenile passage where like you're not supposed to do that with your parent. Like you do that with your friends. You know, it's like it's kind of illicit and like you, but, you don't want a parent there for that. But Dave doesn't care. She's a cool mom. She's and a she's cool got, mom. Yeah. She's got debts. She's so cool. She killed herself rather than be on the show. <laughs> uh, so in Tabby's room, Imogen comes in. She says they hang out with the the next night with the girls. And Tabby's all for a Losers Club reunion. Uh, this reference doesn't work. No. This no. reference doesn't work. It's, it doesn't work on a variety of levels. But since they're not shooting until tomorrow night. Also, Tabby has a poster for the howling on her wall over her bed over her bed or straight ahead um anyway imogen's like imogen wants to do a uh uh, what's called ouija board thing right she's like i thought that we could try to contact my mom and then like comedic boom on the soundtrack as tabby's like what tabby's like this bitch knows her mom is dead right (laughs) which i don't know the expression on chandler kinney's face might be the best three seconds of the whole episode (laughs) yeah and then boom 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 Title or title card Tuesday. Uh, Farron's chip comes up and he's like, "Hey, Farron, you were kind of an asshole to Kelly," and she's just like, "I can't be arsed to be nice to that bitch because her sister sucked." And he's like, "Well, her sister did just die. I mean, you could be a basic human being of some symphony. Symphony. Uh, why do you say sympathy? Sympathy. Sympathy." Uh, and she's just like, "Whatever." Like I don't, I don't understand. Like I'm watching a scene. I'm like, uh, I kind of agree with Chip here. Like, you know, you you don't have to necessarily like forgive Karen or anything, but like, like Kelly is in theory a different person. But and it, this scene just makes Farron think that like maybe Kelly is Karen. And, well, because he says while you were in detention, I dance with her a lot, and it's almost like I'm dancing with Karen yeah. again. And Farron's just like, that's an irrefutable clue. It's hard to muster sympathy for someone coaching you when you're they're not a, even a good dancer. It's like, wow, okay. This has to be the least interesting way to trip out crumbs of the storyline. Yeah, it's it's like they just don't trust their audience to pick up on the most obvious thing ever that like maybe the one twin died, not the other twin. Like, I don't well, know. There's so many interesting ways you could do that. I, I have it on I've good literally- authority. I've literally seen this done better in an episode of MacGyver from like 50 years ago. But like, I remember, feel like... Remember uh, S7E15 of Pretty Little Liars, that scene with Rand at the airport? That was like so intriguing. And it was like, all all fans had to do was watch it and get cranking on their theories. We didn't we didn't need like an anvil to drop to like let us know what's going on there. I just like the, when we talked to Doherty, he's just like... We had a whole thing we wanted to do with hats, hats. there. Yeah. <laughs> they were like too obvious. <laughs> um I I feel like Henry is just like, you know, I wanted to get with you earlier, but like now I see you're crazy. I you really want to get with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to give you in a much different way. Um also as Farron does her realization for a millisecond, you'll love that she kind of looks at the camera. Yeah, she but, people keep but, looking at the camera, man. I don't like it. But it's like it's it's almost this like I don't know, man, like almost like a like the demi close up to a certain degree, but like not quite. Um, but yeah, she's like really actually looking past us over to Karen's back or Kelly's back. Um, 
whatever. So another scene in the like massive ballet studio that this tiny shitty high school has. Uh, and Farron is like apologizing and making nice with Kelly, but really just, it's like, it doesn't seem sincere. It seems like she's like just trying to go fishing to yeah. find out if this is actually Karen. It's super creepy too. Yeah. It's, it's not like a real like uh, apology. Like there's no, you can tell she doesn't mean it. So I read an article about twins where if something bad happens to one, the other can, can feel it. And oh, by the way, isn't that the, her leotard you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, on Imogen's for sale house, the sinners are inside, ready to do their fucking seance or whatever. Um, Imogen's like doing some words, saying that they're going to contact the spirit of Davy Lee Adams. Um, can you honestly tell me that, like, that the Farron we just saw in those scenes with Kelly would be here for this bullshit? No, she wouldn't. This is 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 there two Farrens? Is she like? Is she like? Here's Maybe how I Farron know. Maybe has a twin. Yeah. I was like, Kelly. Here's how I know that you're actually Karen because I have a twin too. Mm-hmm. Um. So they all get their fingers on the stylus as Imogen starts talking to her dead mom. Lots of red candles. The goddamn red candle budget in this town is outrageous. Um. Imogen says that what she really wants to know is if her mom's okay, if she's at peace. I mean, I don't know if you're if you That's think your mom's all you want to know. I would say that that would not be my first question. Yeah. Seems like you have other questions, but so they all move the stylus around and it lands on yes. And they're like, who's moving it? I'm not doing it. Everyone take your hands off. And it's like, it freaks them out that it just moved to yes. And then we just get this long monologue where Imogen's like, mom, what happened to you? You know, did you die alone or someone else were with you to have to do with Angela Waters? Please. I need to know. There has to be an explanation. Why would you leave me? Really to kill yourself out of guilt. Yeah. Yeah, why would you? Why would you do this? Realizing that, like, you, I'd be the one to find you. Which again, is something you read on a website. That's a common response that like children who unfortunately have to find their parents like this would have. If I'm, yeah, they'd have some some survivors' anger. I, if I'm yeah. Tabby right here, I'm like just like quickly nudging it over to no or something. Be like, oh, look at that, it moved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Oh, look at that image, and it's saying chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's weird that it's spelled out chill the fuck out, but it did. That's what also, the Ouija board says, not me. It should be noted that everyone's grandmother had that disgusting quilt that they made that they put on their couch, and it looked super uncomfortable because it was super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And Mouse is wearing that as kind of a thing over her shirt. What is, uh, is she wearing? I think Noah's got like a Philly Flyers like hockey jersey on or something. Right, well, Noah could wear a trash bag and look good. All right. The fashion in this show. Yeah. I, I think I, this did stand out to me in this scene in particular. I'm like, what are these people wearing? What are they wearing? Um, so Imogen just keeps going on and on. And she's really going for that TV line runner up performer of the week title here. Um, I don't know. I didn't think it was all that impressive. But uh, waterworks come out. Seriously, you have nothing to say. Like she's just like screaming at you know the the empty ghost of her mom here, while the rest of them just awkwardly watch. You abandoned me. I have no one and nothing. Say something, please. It's the least you could do. Fuck you. I hate you. So she's a right. Probably. I mean, it. it the show is designed where like a is going to be like ten people. You know. Yeah. Um. So they're all there. Like she has no one, but they're all there to affirm that they're there for her. This feels so hollow. 
that well, it's it like hurts. it's been four episodes. It's like, okay, I guess it's time for your emotional monologue. Oh, I don't know if you saw that thing where they all bounce their way through like a glam squad yeah. makeup session or whatever. But uh then Tabby's just like, by the way, guys, I've got a quota and it's trash. So I'm gonna quote Chucky and vomit, say <sighs> friends to the end. Ugh. It's like hug, it's supposed to be a big thing when she yells fuck you, like to her mom's, you know, empty ghost or whatever. I don't know. I just I feel like it sort of came out of nowhere. I guess you could see, say it's like delayed grief or something. I would almost respect the show then as, as they all hug her, Imogen looks over her shoulder at us, the audience makes that face that she made from mm. the end of the pilot. And we realize that she's just guilty. These girls in the swearing fealty or whatever. I mean, that's an Alison De Laurentiis move. Seriously. Yeah. Um. So at Noah's place, I'm just get, being weird. Yeah. We get an establishing shot of the outside and it looks fucking bleak. Like Everything she looks is like so she, fucking bleak. She looks like she lives in 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 hell. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, she lives um, in one of the towers from the wire. Yeah. It's just like I didn't know that Millwood could have a shittier part of town. <laughs> but the sheriff does the cop knock and there's no one her mom, and he says that the terms of the parole means that he can stop by for unscheduled searches. I'm not Never sure mind. if that's real. That well, seems I, like it'd be a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. I feel like this is why you have like parole officers, yeah. especially like officers who handle juvenile situations. But like, never mind that they say that he hasn't done this at all so far. So he rummages through this teen girl's bedroom. He goes to her bathroom. He comes what back is with he pills. doing? Is he just like shaking her down to like keep her on her toes? Like, what is is he like? I I can think of no reason else. The problem is the previous scene was so goddamn vague. That we don't have the increased threat here. Is he just over the whole thing where he thinks that they, that they all killed his daughter by driving her to suicide? I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. But anyway, so he pulls some pills out of the bathroom and immediately the mom is like, they're not mine. It, and I'm sorry. Like, this guy's a cop and that he didn't pick up on that. Yeah, seriously. Like, I didn't say they were yours. Yeah. Do you have something that you're hiding, Mrs. Olivar? Sorry, I've got no cop instincts whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Also, is this an elected position? You're telling me people voted for this man? He's blonde, you know. Whatever, he's crazy bloodshot eyes. Looks like he's like emaciated, hasn't eaten anything other than pills himself. Anyway, so Noah says that they're magnesium to help her sleep. She got him from the school nurse. Uh, And once he leaves, the mom is like, School nurse just giving out magnesium to students? Maybe. I mean, Mm. you can get magnesium gummies from the store. I, I definitely did not get any medication from a school nurse ever but yeah when did you actually have interactions with the school nurse i don't know I mean, if our basically school, had a school nurse yeah i like broke my arm school. once and they're like we'll call your dad no oh, that's nice mm-hmm. um so noah's pissed you know ask her mom if she's like using again using. and the mom is uh yeah that sometimes she takes a quarter of oxy for her back pain but that's it that's not Ba-ba-ba. gonna do anything come on title card wednesday two oxys for some back pain well Buckle up, kiddos, because this scene gets even dumber. Oh yeah. And I did you did you read any of the quotes from the creators about this? About this particular scene? No. Um uh, we, we have Easter egg. There's there's another Easter egg that comes in a future episode. I don't know if we want to discuss that on this pod or wait till we get there. Maybe at the end. Maybe at the end. Yeah. No, I did I did not read anything about this scene. At this point, our audience is more caught up than we mm-hmm. are for the first time. Because we're in hell. Uh, so we watch the milk being ominously poured over cereal. See that Noah's trying to eat breakfast. It's Wednesday. Yeah. She can't concentrate on this hump day. Her mom's bag's right there, so she goes through it. Unnecessary Brian De Palma close-up. 
She pulls out the bottle of Oxy, which has the name of Caleb Rivers on it. Um, and she's like, these aren't even yours. Why Caleb Rivers? Why? So let's, I mean, Caleb, I mean, we can intuit a few things here. On the one hand, pretty cool life. You're bone and hand Marin every night and you got your Oxy supply. That's going well. Uh, on the other hand, it, you would appear to live in the shittiest town in the world, Millwood. So you, what, that, what that happened? How you interpret it? Is that how you interpret it? That he would have to live I there? I guess. Like, why else would she have she driving so, all the way to Rosewood? Like, so I, two quotes from show's creators. Lindsay Calhoun Brings said that she gets refills of her medications all over the country. So all that happened simply was that Caleb Rivers stopped in the town one day and needed a refill on his oxy, which is I was like on okay. my way to visit some actual bad guys with Toby. I, I was gonna say, Lindsay, with respect, that brings up a lot of questions. Apparently, one of the writers of the episode was like, you know, if you're gonna put a name on this thing, because they had no real character to put on it, it's gotta be a reference to one of the previous PLLs. This is the it has to this be? is yeah. So again. That's what they said. They were like, "Well, we're going to put a we're going to put a name on this pill bottle. It doesn't have to be any of the main characters. We're not setting up a mystery within the show, so we just have to do one of the original PLLs." Why isn't it Bridget Wu? That's my question for you. The quote from Roberto Aguirre Sacasa is that he basically forgot about this until the episode aired, and then people brought it up to him. Uh-huh. Um, the, I think uh, speaking of quotes and like stuff that they forgot and whatnot in the pilot, the janitor is killed. Remember that. Remember how janitor just like died and it was, was that, never brought up again. Was that Jason or was that? Fred? I think that was Jason. Okay. Um, but in like people are doing all this theory craft, you know, like how is the janitor involved? Is a taking revenge on him? And he basically said in an interview like, Oh, ha ha. It didn't mean anything. We just wanted to kill somebody for a horror moment. And it's like, okay, great. Um, so in scream when they were like, we need one more kill. They mm-hmm. actually took a character that had been in other seats yeah. and killed Henry Winkler. Um, yeah, Caleb Rivers, man. I mean, you you tell me, you tell me, like, well, in theory, Caleb was driving through town and refilled his oxy prescription. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, let me watch that show. And they're like, oh, well, never mind. We don't. We're not actually making so, that show. So Caleb and Hannah are on a road trip with their like 7.5 kids. Does he have like a bad do, back from all that humping? All they do is fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I saw a great. What was it on the, one of the podcasts you listened? you and I listen to, I forgot. There's a great distinction that we can now bring to things, which is some people fuck and some people come. Which, right. which, one, which one are you? But uh, all these two kids do is fuck and come. And like, he stops and he's like, ooh, my back, that old sex injury is healing or acting up. I need to get some oxy. And Hannah looks around. She takes a good look around Millwood and she's like, Caleb, this town looks like it has oxy factories or whatever. <laughs> Caleb, keep driving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you find yourself passing through, just keep driving. That is Millwood. Yeah. yeah. It's like the fucking like Pink Floyd factory with the pig flying out front, but like all they do is have like oxy smoke coming out it's, of the It's it's either that or it's like for whatever reason, like is Toby back on the force or something? I don't know. Like maybe it's like an undercover sting. Like, I know some guys in Allentown. I can maybe like get you hooked up, you know, get you into this gang. But like and I assume that Millwood is on the way to Allentown. Actual I bad am, guys. I am deep undercover. Uh, What's I don't up? Know I am an oxy dealer. You want to get high? I don't know why this makes me think of it. Well, back when I worked in politics, one of my former candidates was a was a previously a CHP officer who at one point did a stint undercover, and he talked about how like you had to be gross, you had to mm-hmm. look hard, you had to look mean, but like you had a lot of you had a lot of downtime where you were just waiting 
for things, for deals, for whatever. And he spent a lot of time just listening to Harry Potter audiobooks. And I just picture Toby doing that. <laughs> Toby, this man, you got to look the part. Tell you what, man, get the do-rag. Oh, I'm sorry. Whenever, whenever we used to see those Instagrams of like when Keegan Allen had like a week off and he grows a fucking mountain man beard, <laughs> he always looks like he's fucking undercover. <laughs> oh, shit. I put the do-rag on. I am hard. Do you remember when Toby and Jenna got a fucking clue from a horse? <laughs> Still a better show. Is that is that like in their spin? We finally get the PLO. Can we just TV talk about movie? PLO from now on instead of this yes. episode? I don't know. Like in the PLO TV movie, do they still have that horse? Does the horse give? Like, I guess, was it like, someone's like, horse? Was it was, like, it was the Spencer's horse or something, right? Horse. But yeah. I like to think that whenever like like whatever superstar gains Toby's made and whatever police force, it's because the horse has been like, the oh, did it. It's <laughs> Toby's partner, right? Like he's oh, he's yeah. probably one of those. Um, He's one of those cops who rides a horse around Rosewood, yeah. you know, those yeah. like mounted police or whatever. The one, the one. <laughs> people think, yeah, people think Toby is a brilliant detective. It's actually the horse. Okay, like fourth tier PLL characters that would make an appearance on this show that would not be recast horribly. Like Barry Maple. Is he the sheriff of Rosewood now? I would hope so. Um, by the way, on, on the pill bottles, Rivers, Caleb, 64 Hitchcock Lane, Millwood, Pennsylvania. So is that his address? That's are, we, are we positing that, that hard times have come for Caleb Rivers and he's living in Millwood now? Oh, you want to you wanna get hated? We start the theory that like they're separated. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's living on his own and Hannah's got custody of the 7.5 children mm-hmm. because all they do was fuck before they broke up. Yeah. Um, anyway, so mom comes out, asks if Noah's excited. Why? Because today's the last day at the Inca monitor. Apparently, Noah kind of deflects. I hate this show. Oh. Yeah, anyways, it's the mom has somehow stolen Caleb's pills. Um, because she's using I the, I'm sorry, like mean. if you're a nurse, you know how to get pills and you don't have to mm-hmm. steal them from anyone. Yeah. They know exactly what to say to their doctor to get whatever they want. Like it would not be a problem in the slightest. Yeah. Or you just, you know where the fucking cabinet is. Anyway. Yeah, the, the Jack Shepard move where you just go get some yeah. samples. Yeah, seriously. You get my father down here. I mean, you're I'm just, a, you're just a bad nurse if you have to steal your drugs. Yeah. Anyway, school, Tabby's crew is discussing how to break into the school and shoot their short movie. Tabby is dressed like she is working in a 1950s office. Is there a reason they couldn't just ask their film professor, hey, can we shoot this scene in the locker room? Like, is that just like off the table or something? Why does it have to be the locker room? Just, I mean, she wants a shower, I guess. I mean, other than that, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Why, why does it have to be this like mission to like break into the school? If you're talking about liability and the risk of anything sexual, whatever, with students, like, you might as well just film this in somebody's home. Yeah. Do your safe set there. Like, I mean, it's the psycho doesn't take place in a school locker room shower anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, like what in this variation, what portrait is Marion taking off? I mean, is Marion taking a portrait off the wall and like masturbating as she looks through a peephole, like in Psycho the movie, and and more blatantly in, in Gus Van Sant's Psycho, starring the late Anne Heche? Or in this case, is Farron's Marion Crane setting up a GoPro? 
in the boys' locker room. Yeah. Masturbating to that later. Anyway, um, anyway, so Chip is going to stay late on something and let everyone in. They actually have a fucking map of the school out with some gummy candies that indicate where people are going to be. This is not a fucking heist. I would like some gummy bears. This is a fucking level of detail. You know, I'm kind of off gummy bears for a while. I had oh. some at the Harry Potter play. Yeah, bad experience. They, ooh, yeah. Mm. They what Were they cute. Haribus or a different kind? They mm. were not magical. No, they were some kind of generic, uh, yeah, kind of bland, funny. too. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Tabby's made a shot list. But she's, she's talking about this is going to be a safe set. And I want everyone to feel supported and in control and whatever. I feel like if you wanted to make a show where you wanted to, like, highlight some issues with, like, um, intimacy and filming and you know like ways is that it a teenage be... show the way to do it no it's not but if you wanted to maybe don't have your characters talking about it all the time just have the situation that happens later in the episode happen and have them be uncomfortable and then yeah. like let the commentary leave that to the people recapping and reviewing the show they right. can talk about like oh you know this is a good way you know like to reflect like these issues uh that exist in, in you know tv and film or whatever like we don't need you show to be talking about it to us. Right. You know, like especially, just, just tell the story. Especially before it happens. Yeah. Your character is mouthpiecing before it happens, which is undercutting the message you want to tell. But at what point was HBO not like, hey, guys, turns out this isn't Irma Vep. <laughs> it's PLO Original Sin. Um, so she describes the fake blood they'll be using, which is like different from what Hitchcock used, which again, they're just they like they're so fucking thrilled that they they read one of the like 500 books about the making of Psycho and what what Hitchcock used. But like Greg, of course, is just like, hi, because I'm the the soul of like the creepiness of the scene. I'm always down for an intimate exchange of bodily fluids. His delivery of this line is brutally awful. Like it's yeah. just like he is reading a cue card. It's yeah. rough. He does have a better line later. Um let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I, I wrote down in my notes it, at the scene at this point in watching it. I was like, which high school student will be their intimacy coordinator? It says, yeah, uh, in case this turns into a porno, are you guys providing condoms? I, or should I bring my own? I feel like he delivered that one a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have costumes ready when they get there. Greg will be wearing a Speedo because the nudity, like the violence, will be suggestive. He asks who will be bringing the condoms, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, haha, little JK. I hear you, safe set, moving on. Transition to Imogen in her old house, like taking down a poster or whatever. She actually they actually have her like rub her back for a moment as if yeah, to acknowledge wow. that she might actually be pregnant. Maybe Bailey Madison is just like feeling a little sore from wearing that fat suit. You know? And also having COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um kidney she finds, pains. Yeah, she finds this old diary, flips through some pages, this leads to a flashback. Where the mom gives her the diary and says, when I was your age, I wrote everything down, including my confessions. And the mom says it's it's like for her, no one else, every girl has her secrets. And she says that if, you know, Imogen sparks to it, she'll get her another one. And again, it's very, what, it's a belabored way. Dark to, Gilmore girls. It's a belabored way to go looking for mom's diary. Yeah. You know, at the, at the go, at the, I have a whole plot line where I'm going and packing up my house. And I'm finding things and remembering them. Then I remember, find my diary. I remember that my mom gave me this diary. And then I remember my mom said she kept the diary herself. Maybe I should look for that diary and then see what's in that diary. In PLL terms, in the first season of PLL and the mechanisms they use, and this show is kind of aping, who is the Allison of the show? It's not Angela Waters. It's Davey. I guess. She's not interesting. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I, I know that in the old pod, we probably would have like paused this year to like read the diary pages. I couldn't be arsed. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like there's anything interesting. No. Uh, so anyway, so post flashback, Imogen finds her mom's journals in her sock drawer or whatever. There's a there's, whole- a there's a whole shot here where like she's trying to reach under the bed and it's on the other side, but she gets up like she's going to go the other side of the bed. Instead, she goes to the drawer, right? There's like a bunch of shots in this episode where the scene ends with somebody like basically getting what they want, either a verbal commitment or they found something or a conversation went their way. And it just kind of ends on them smiling weirdly for like too long. Like they do with Tabby earlier. They do with Imogen here. Like she's like super happy, like, like this weird gleeful look on her face. I mean, maybe this is all brilliant because she's a, and they've been giving us the clues the whole time. Maybe when she said, I'm going to kill Karen Beasley, she actually meant it. And it was like, through this weird series of manipulative steps, like maybe it will be brilliant and all the kids are right. I don't know. I just can't imagine the word brilliant mm-hmm. is within 500 miles of this episode of the show. Uh, so at night, the high school, Tabby and Farron are talking. They're alone together for the first time. Farron says she's glad to have a distraction. Farron tries to share her crazy theory that Kelly's actually Karen, but Greg struts over. Well, she has a weird line here where, uh, Tabby says, is, is Kelly being awful? And Farron says, let's just say she's giving off some serious Karen vibes. Like, is she? I guess that was off screen that that happened. Yeah. M- meaning that she's, she's blonde. I, oh, I, I, like guess, I, I guess maybe she means she's actually Karen, I guess. Rather yeah. than like being a bitch, I guess is, is how I interpreted that. But still, you would be excused yeah. for misreading that in the parlance of the times. Also, Farron's jacket. It, it's a normal zip-up jacket but it's cut like it's the fucking puffy pirate shirt from Seinfeld. Yeah, that's a weird jacket. It's a weird jacket. Yeah. Chip lets them all in. Um also as Greg graduated, he's the, is he the chip that we call Greg? Wait, who? Greg? Is Greg Chip? Chip is Chip. Chip is Chip. Greg is Chip. Greg is Karen's Chip. Greg is Karen's Chip. But I feel like we've said Greg. We probably have said Greg, but in yeah. case anyone's confused, he's Karen's Chip. Yeah, he's Karen's Chip. I don't want I don't want you to get confused by us using his actual name. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be bonkers. Anyways, meanwhile at Noah's place, her home looks super fucking gloomy, like everything else in this it's town. She's like she is just studying by like the just the dimmest light possible. Yeah. Yeah. She's chilling in a chair, ordering a pizza, which is half pepperoni, half cheese. Is that a normal order for a person to eat on their own? Half pepperoni, half cheese? It, it would only be if you were splitting it with somebody, right? Like uh, her her mom's not eating. She's eating oxy. Yeah. She's having oxy for dinner. Um, her mom can't shit right now. <laughs> so she gets a text from unknown. It says she never learned her lesson. Mommy was going to throw you under the bus, just like she did Angela Waters. And I was like, oh, I mean, well, oh, I guess my mom's related to Angela Waters too. I guess Imogen was right. Yeah, but no, it's just like also I'm kind of hungry, so table that. Uh, the high school locker room, they're filming the scene. This is La Femme Psycho. Uh, Farron's getting her motivation from her director. Tabby's saying that she wants to see the intention of Farron's eyes because Hitchcock was all about the eyes. In true Marian, slasher fashion, you're going to penetrate him. Yeah, you had dinner with Norman. You're attracted to him, blah, blah, blah. There's a funny bit where, like, as Tabby says, penetrate him, Greg's head pops He's up behind pops her. Out, yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, junior film school here in a way that I think means nothing to people watching this show was a resetting chip actually says back to one. Why is she doing oh. this hand- handheld by the way? I don't know. That's a gigantic camera. I don't know. Yeah. Like 
this school seemingly has money for lights and sets and all sorts of and ballet and all sorts of shit. But that camera looks like it's 10 years old. Yeah. And then it's just going to get thrown into Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tabby basically shoots a, a close up here. But as we watch the scene, we see all these like context cuts, so like the shuffling of the feet, the holding of the knife. Are any of these going to be pickup shots, Tabby? Or is it just going to be a POV of the eyeballs? Because that's one wonders. One wonders. I don't. Um, I don't believe Hitchcock used a lot of handheld and psycho for this scene. But okay. Yeah. Um, there's a there's you know a fountain of documentaries that you can go watch to cover this. But it's time for Greg's coverage. She gives him context that he had dinner with Marion, that he had wine. Maybe that she didn't. Maybe she slipped something in his drink. So as um, she says this, maybe she slipped something in his drink. Like cut to a, a side angle shot where Chip looks over very nervously as he's like holding a boom or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder what that means. Chip seems a little squirrely now throughout the rest of this episode, especially on the word damsel. Mm-hmm. Or Greg, sorry, Greg is put off by the word damsel to describe his character. So I mean, so obviously it's going to be a thing where like either Chip was involved and did something while she was inebriated and sexually assaulted. I, either he's the rapist or he knows something. Or he rescued her. Or yeah. Something. It's yeah. it's either secret bad guy or her. secret good guy. Yeah, one of the two. This so show like is Chip, pretty basic, so he's probably the rapist. I, I don't think they're really going levels deep with him. Chip is like, have you seen the ending of season one of Veronica Mars? Uh, it came out 20 years ago. It's a seminal show. Remember Veronica season, Mars season three? Everybody loved the, the serial rapist plotline. Yeah. yeah. Just as much as everyone loved the ending of season four. What up, baby? Um, so, so Tabby describes how they're going to break the last taboo, showing a hot male body violated by a female phallus ferens i'm Chip's- pretty sure that they've made slasher movies before where like the dude gets stabbed by a girl i think that's happened I think, yeah i think but it's happened like a hundred times probably we have we have personally watched several mm. of these movies together yeah but chip's like oh i need five minutes uh and Farron and greg seem pretty into this whatever um, what does he need five minutes for well, like the, the lighting the, i don't know the lighting rig is trash just like your rest of your life in Millwood. I mean, so this is definitely like a group project, right? Like it's Chip, two people. Chip, yeah, it's Chip and Tabby. Like they're doing it together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because later on, she's Tabby's. I don't know. She's, some weird vibes about him helping out. Yeah. Well, but so is the argument that she's a control freak about this, especially because she has a personal investment in right. like executing this, or is it be, specifically because this is about her? taking back power from this like thing sure. that she's subconsciously dealing with Let, let's wait till we get there yeah um yeah. bailey madison as imogen is just like having a grand old time reading their mom's stupid diaries and smiling and laughing and whatever <laughs> and she eventually gets to a diary and oh there's like very obviously pages torn out to the point where like you can read a few words on each page and it's yeah. like from june to july or june 20th to july 2nd and i think maybe there's like a, another section that it's ripped out too and it's like oh clue yeah. Spencer Hastings would be so far ahead of these people by now. Spencer Hastings. I mean, she would have caught A in like episode two. Yeah. Spencer Hastings points and laughs mm-hmm. in the centers. Uh, so back to La Femme Psycho. Chip is going over some lighting setups with Tabby and Farron. Farron notices that Greg is totally naked. Uh, he he said, drops he's, trowel, showing off he was, the ass. Yeah, we started with a shot of his like ass. He's, he's dancing around. I'm sorry, in the tile across from him, can you see a combo dick shadow slash dick reflection? You can, although it looks like he might be wearing a dick sock. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. they're they're all like, what the fuck? 
especially Tabby. Tabby does not care for this at all. And he says, you know, or she's like, what about Speedo? And he's like, it was uncomfortable. It's tugging at my balls. I, I just picture this dude is like fucking helicoptering in front of them as he says all this. Why do you also have to be such a fucking clown? And here you complaining when you, when, uh, you asked me to be in your little movie. So he says he gave up carbs for this. Was this two days earlier? Two days earlier? Yeah. Uh, I wanted so this to be a safe set. You're naked, not safe, not cool. Yeah, but like like Chip is just like, well, you know, hey, if everyone's cool with it. Tabby asks Farron how she feels about it. And the way she tosses off this line where Farron says, ballet is a lot raunchier than this. Well, this is after he Chip has like stepped, or I'm sorry, Chip Greg has stepped out to be like, here are the goods, everyone, yeah. in case you yeah. were curious. And yeah. I'd like to know from their reaction, like, wow, that's pretty small. Uh, Kelly or Karen was right. You know, like what? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, what, are, but, what are we working with? I feel like this, this this is played oddly because like Tabby's the one who's uncomfortable here. And it, it kind of confuses her message about safe sets at least a little bit because usually it's you want to make sure the actors are comfortable together. Right. Not that the director doesn't matter or anything. Obviously, you want the director to be comfortable too. But it's but I, know, the, I feel like they're confusing things a little. There is the presumption that the director is the all-seeing maestro who's behind yeah. the camera so they have the protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. In general. Yeah. And just, yeah. Does... does Greg have medium dick energy. Anyway, you're all getting expelled for this, right? What for filming a nude scene at school? Yeah, they should have been expelled already. They like drove yeah. a girl to suicide when they when they when they fucking do the scene and like there's Greg's bush you know, in the scene or whatever. Well, so yeah, I, I think you know Tabby's like this is disrespectful for to co-star. I think this plays a lot better if we didn't have the scene earlier because then because then we're like oh this definitely seems to be messing Tabby up here more than the other characters like like i just feel like it's like oh we're allowing some subtext in like we're right we're, we're letting her actions communicate something that doesn't need to be spoken well so you have to do this one of two ways either you remove the the, the elements of the previous scene where this is truly shocking mm-hmm. and not kind of expected like it is or you insert a line earlier in the scene where where greg flat out says i'm going to show you guys my dick <laughs> You know, because like that's what he's gonna do. I mean, I I wasn't that surprised by this at all. Um. So anyway, so Chip says it's fine. But it just We're seems like the show's camera. constantly undercutting itself. Like it doesn't want to yeah. let the scene do the work for itself. It has to have a pre scene where they like tell us, you know, oh these are this is how we feel about this uh this issue, this hot take situation yeah. that you know this hot button issue that's happening. Yeah. So Chip points out that you, know, you won't see anything on camera. We need to get going. It's getting late. Tabby's clearly uncomfortable, so she walks off and goes outside to get some air. We see her like leaning against a tree outside. She stares into the ominous woods. It's like a real school. true detective shot here in this like weird, creepy, like yeah. denuded forest here. So she has basically a PTSD kind of flashback to some kind of party where something clearly bad happened. Looks like a bonfire. There's teenage kids, dudes in Letterman jackets. Yeah. Just to tell herself over and over again that she's okay, that she's okay, that she's okay. We see a quick shot of like a, a red solo cup, like a close up. So yeah. I, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, somebody put something in her drink or, or you know, whatever and assaulted her. Um, I don't want this. Yeah. Congratulations, PLL. You, you got there in four episodes with the uh, other show never got there in. Because um, the other show, you and I talked about this off, off air. The other show... The threat to women's bodies, like always, hung over that show. Yeah, well, to be fair, the original PLL to, not perfect. We had no. 
Ezra. We had Emily yeah. getting inseminated with Allison's eggs. You know, it's not like it has like a, a a perfect spotless record, but I I always felt like the 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 entire point of that show was it was like you you never needed to say it because it was always hanging over everything. This threat to women, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're much more text and subtext on this show. So Tabby kind of just like sits down and she's freaking out. And then she eventually like comes back into the locker room later and like Chip is like packing up. And seemingly it's been like an hour or who even knows how long. Well, to be fair, in the in the parlance of previous PLO podcasting, we would say some glib joke like Aria did some dissociating. Yeah. No, is, she definitely dissociated. Yeah. Um and she comes back and Chip is packing up, everyone else is gone, and he's like, Oh, hey, like uh, you know, like where, where are Farron and Greg? They left. Um, like I couldn't, you know, you weren't answering your phone. I didn't know where you were. So like, I just shot the rest of the scenes and she's like seemingly pretty annoyed about this, even though like he is her partner on the project and like, she just straight up disappeared for like an hour or two. And so it's like, well, of course he's going to just shoot the scenes. They can't find her, you know? Well, it's like, he's your partner. Do yeah. you fucking respect this guy or not? And granted. She, yeah. She's got her thing going on. I, I totally get, it. I get what it throws her. But, to a certain but I feel like I this is know. this is communicated in some way that this was like a breach of another violation her space or something by Chip. Yeah, but it's it's it doesn't play like that to I don't know like a a normal audience, I guess. So he leaves. She smacks the storyboards off the easel they're set up on. She's mad. The easel, the easel with the light and the storyboards set up on them was one of the most ridiculous TV-only kind of details of yeah. this, this set. Um, you and I have filmed extremely low-budget things before. We had no easel. Yeah, and there was no, we didn't have that big easel money. Um, <laughs> so Noah's place, finally a buzz because the pizza's there. She tries to get the guy to come up. He's just like, hey, my car's, run- my car's running. So she goes down so and finds someone. This voice doesn't appear to sound like anyone. I don't know. Was no. that actually just the driver or something? Was the driver like, oh, well, I'll just give it to this leather face dude. He says it's his. Yeah. Anyway, Whatever the, happened. This the, so she gets, she goes to like a very, it's a, we find that her apartment building is a very urban apartment building. She goes downstairs. Like someone has broken the window to the door to the apartment building. Flung the like pizza a half huge, inside. A huge window in the door. That pizza does not look very tasty at all. You, even before the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe this is not junk ball pizza or whatever the place Pinball. is called. Yeah. Whatever. Um, she goes back to her, up at her place, but there's Leatherface. She's taking like, she's taking an elevator back up. I thought you were a track star. Come on, come on. Now. Yeah, yeah we're, it's like one floor. Yeah. yeah, but like this is the part where we're about to get a big horror movie action sequence. But like the way he's like jiggling the handle was so pathetic to me. What was he going to do? What was he there for? <laughs> Is he just there to scare her by jiggling the handle? And then, whatever you know, horror movie chase takes place. We got a lot of like steady cam camera, like kind of twist, like tilting and turning down the hallway. I think they're they're really trying hard to be like horror movie scene, scary chase. It feels like it's a little too overcranked for it. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's just it's hard to put my finger on what it is. But it's like I've seen real horror movies that are scary, and I know you're, you're copying them, but you're not doing it quite right. Like it, it feels a, a little part, too fast, uh, like a little too like manic. Specifically, they're at one end of the hallway. 
She runs to the exact opposite of the hallway to the elevator that's not coming. And then she needs to then run to the middle of the hallway where there's the the, the fire escape exit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, by doing so, she'll come back to him. And so she needs to like narrowly miss him to get into that like fire escape exit. Also, there's just something about Myra Fico. She looks like a bullet. When she's fired at this guy, I believe that she would go through him. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. This is kind of some backseat podcasting, you know, bullshit. But like, I don't feel like she's in danger because this guy is he's jiggling the fucking handle. Like, I just even I just don't know open. what what this character wants. Like, what does yeah. he do if he catches her? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same have, thing with the uh, with. Have you accepted our Lord last Savior episode. Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah, so she ends up in the fire escape. There's like, uh, she kicks him at one point. It's not even, I don't know, like the bit in like Scream 2 where they're kicking leather ghost face. Mm-hmm. But like, she's on the roof. She has this moment where she can like leap over the precipice. Well, she has to like run of... back and like he grabs at her just as she like turns around and does like a little like, like it's like track and field pose to like take off or in a sprint to like hurdle over this gap. Prior to that though, we get this brief, quick close up on Myra Fico's face yeah. where she looks like an action star. Like, like if anything from this show, you're going to put in your reel. It's this like mm-hmm. one second cut. Yeah. She makes the leap and like, just stands I mean, I'm, I'm there. sure that this was like a lot of hard work to shoot or whatever. I just don't think I, I this is what I don't get. If you really wanted your show to be like a, a horror pastiche go hire an actual horror director like go like throw some money at james wan or whatever you know like like do it for real if you want if you want it done well you know it's like they're they're obviously trying hard i'm sure like my Rufico is like you know up all hours of the night and like doing these stunts and whatnot but it doesn't quite land for me well so i don't even think you need a big name i don't think you need a james wan uh at the premiere the vice president of drama of HBO Max got up and and you know said fr- frankly like I want the I want the standing O because this show hired nine out of ten female directors. There are more talented female directors for this particular type of job. Right. Well, I'm not saying you need to hire like a man per se, but like go hire a horror movie director. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There are hungry directors of both genders who could do mm-hmm. this more more justice. But yeah, so she makes the leap across this like you know like I don't know five to six feet. Let's say eight feet. Okay, let's say eight feet. She makes a leap, and Leatherface just kind of stands there on the other side and watches her. Her ankle monitor beeps, and I was like, "Is this the intention to get her to violate her probation or parole?" And she like, like asks Leatherface what he wants. Couldn't she just like stay outside till the cop shows up, and then I, I don't know, and be like, "Hey, this guy is like attacking me." You know, like I don't know. Like why? Why would I have jumped across this thing for no reason? It yeah, is, like yeah. So in this dumb, gruff voice. He says, punish the guilty. And she's like, who's guilty? And he says, your mother, which is like, is this the dialogue that you want your character to say? It just feels. I love that at one point she yells, fuck you. Why don't you come get me a little bitch? Yeah. Uh, But yeah. And so she's just like crying and breaking down. It's like, oh, I have to punish my mom. Right. I'm pulling out my phone right now and like calling hospital security immediately, immediately. And just being like, my mom's stealing drugs. I I I I love you, Noah, but you're not loyal. You turned on Imogen and Tabby and a, a flip of a coin, and like here you are. Like I don't know. It just man. didn't Give seem me. like like are we to believe that if she doesn't do this, he's gonna like kill her or something? You you gotta give this like screw the action sequence. This is the moment you need to give more runway. 
you need to linger here more. You need to let this actor build you up to this moment. Well, it just seems like the the stakes are too weird. Like on PLL, the real PLL, characters would be like guilted or blackmailed into doing something they didn't want to do for fear yeah. that some other thing would be exposed about them, you know, and they'd have to make this hard choice, you know. Here yeah. it's it seems seemingly it's like he will kill her if she doesn't make this phone call. Maybe. But it also doesn't seem like like she's got like, you know, an eight foot gap between her and him. It, it right. doesn't really seem like she's in danger at the moment. And 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 presumably he's using his his size, his ominous, his, you know, presenting as male. He's using those as threatening items. He's no weapons. I just think I have to assume that when PLL, the real PLL, wrote itself into that corner. I love how many times we have to correct ourselves to say the real PLL. Mm-hmm. But like whenever the real PLL wrote itself in that corner, I imagine a director went to an actor and said, I'm so sorry to put you there, but I need you to get us from this moment to this moment. Yeah. And the actor said, well, I'm a talented actor. I can do that. And I get feel like they give Myra Fico no room to do that. What do you think the security guard makes of this? Uh, hello, this is hospital security. A prank? Marjorie Oliver has been stealing drugs from the hospital pharmacy. Come again? Check her yeah. purse. Hangs up. The fuck was that? I don't yeah. know. This hospital security guard's like, listen, listen, teenage girl. This hospital could burn down of me inside of it and I wouldn't care. Yeah. So she she's breaking down crying. We see that like Leatherface is gone. He just disappears, and, yeah. And there's just that was that was almost zero coercion. Yeah. Almost yeah, zero. it just it's like I know what they're going for. I know they want it to be like, well, A has forced her into compromising her mother. I I can see it on paper. I just don't think you really pulled it off. I, so when we talk actually to correction, it was amazing. Zoomers, isn't this show great? When we talked to Norbuck one time, he talked about the power of TV and how it works as a as a visual medium to the point where he's like, like my ninety year old mother should like be able to watch TV with the sound off and mm-hmm. get it, you know, eighty five percent of the story. This show is like 100% like you need to have seen a lot of horror movies to remotely understand what we're doing weekly. I mean, and I mean, I mean, you'll understand it. You won't be impressed by it. Yeah, no, but like not like each week. I mean, we're doing this poorly. So in Tabby's room, she's on her computer going through the dailies and the raw footage that she shot. What time of night is it, Tabby? It's got to be like midnight. Uh, It's 1102 on her computer there. My apologies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Remember correctly in their gummy bear plan to break in, he was going to let them in at eight. She disappeared for an hour. They shot the entire sh- short. It's eleven oh two now. Yeah, that seems. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's I don't a know, lot man. of rush. That's a lot of rush on that short. Anyway, so there's like a close of nice stabbing POV of Greg screaming, and then outtakes of him laughing, and she's staring at that freeze frame and just kind of looks haunted. Are we to assume that about maybe it's maybe Greg, Greg he, was the rapist? Or he's a stand-in for... I mean, I think it's going to be the other guy in the bathroom, It's going to be right? Chip. It's either Chip or the other guy in the bathroom. Oh, the, the rapist? Yeah. It's it's like 99% Chip. I don't think this show is clever. I think I don't think they're like, oh, we're throwing out a red herring about Chip. It's really going to be someone else. It's just going to be Chip. I don't want to podcast a show about where we're guessing who the rapist is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just, uh, I don't like, I, I, here's the thing. I understand. Like, it's not like this isn't a, um, a worthy topic for a show. Un- unfortunately, you know, this is something that, you know, all the teenage girls watching the show have to deal with either literally or just like in society. 
So yeah. it's not like it's like, oh, we shouldn't be covering this topic. I just it the way they're making a mystery out of it, it's just a little distasteful. Maybe some people are into it, you know, everyone's gonna react differently to this. Um, I'm sure there there are some people who are survivors who are like, I'm loving this. And I'm sure there are some people who are like, I hate this. You know, I don't right. think there's necessarily like a right way to do this or like one, you know, wrong way, one right way, or anything like that. I just not loving it so far. And and some people this is how they deal with trauma. They mm-hmm. they need kind of fiction to expose them and so they can like build up tolerance and, and, and get through it. And some of them, they don't want to get anywhere near it. I guess I just wish it wasn't like the, adding the mystery element to it feels sort of gross, distasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just spitballing. What if next week we just show up like usual and we just start podcasting about episode five of Ravenswood as if we've always been talking about Ravenswood. <laughs> Would anyone even notice or care? How would we get Ravenswood? I don't even know if you can get Apparently, four different people have messaged us, thank you, by the way, to tell us that it's available on the CW's website, of which the average viewer is 58 years old. Oh, no, they will be, yeah. The CW just got sold to some other company. Is that that the context? Not that they are currently, but that they will be? Yes, yes, obviously, yeah. No, it's it's because, um, like... You know, it's a, it's a, it's an actual broadcast network and like old people still watch TV that way. Um, I, I, it's I, funny I, because it's, it's like when like a radio station used to get bought and like some, suddenly they're like a country station, you know, uh, hilarious. Time to bring back sexy murder. She wrote, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so meanwhile, Farron's she's going through Facebook pictures, looking at images of Car- Kelly and Karen side by side. There's one where they're somewhere during the day, like by the beach or whatever. And they're looking at, she, you could see both their legs and their feet. She remembers the razor blade from the shoe and the pilot. It's like the show just. It's like the yes, that. exactly. I was gonna say it's like the writers just remembered. Hey, how is she dancing? Whatever. Yeah. So title card Thursday. Title card October twenty ninth. Can I just say hashtag blessed hashtag awesomeness hashtag Beasley twins. Three hundred sixty <laughs> likes. Okay, she has four thousand two hundred and forty five friends. Is, is this that Kelly or Karen? I guess this me. is Kelly. I don't think I would want my teenager to have 4,000 friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about children and raising them. Relationship in social media. status single. Who are just these like random, like glamor shots they have in like her, like photos there. Oh, I think, I think some teen girls have those. I mean, some, no, some of them are of her and Karen, but there's other just like random ass, like clearly not. You didn't take this with your phone. This is like some, okay. There is always some guy with a soul patch at the mall mm-hmm. who's going to come up to your teenage daughter and be like, you should be in modeling. And if you pay me $75, I'll take these gross. No, no I'm not talking about you. the photos of them. I'm talking about okay. just other people oh, okay. Who are, okay. are in these shots. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so close up on some fancy masks, which are from, I don't know, real PLL. We're in the dance room again. This is the real, the real scene. Like the, they, they're a real set. Like du jour of this episode. Um, hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. Get soon, height. Thank you. <clears throat> so, Farron's meeting of Henry with the weird voice, throwing out her theory, theory about the Karen Kelly switcheroo, and of course, he's not into it. So, she wants him to give You're Kelly the one who a- said it, Chip. It's he's it. like, I said it was like dancing with her. Jesus. <laughs> um, she wants him to give Kelly a foot rub during PT. You know, and she's like, if there's no scar, I'll let it go. Promise. She says it in a way that indicates you. I'm going to be honest. Won't. When I watch this, I, I think I must have blacked out. I didn't re- I didn't catch the foot rub part of this plan. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just like extra weird. I can't wait for that. I mean, 
I, I don't know. Maybe dance. I want this to backfire with like Chip here and Kelly like hooking up and like they're dating now. Yeah. He's like, I thought I liked Farron, but she revealed herself to be a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> she was so rude. Oh, I Kelly's think grieving. Cool. Like I'm with her now. <laughs> yeah. Henry's just like, by the way, I'm dating Kelly. I don't care who she is. <laughs> if she's Karen, honestly, I'm more into it. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm dancing Swan Lake. Fuck off. Um, in the cafeteria, Imogen's like briefing. I was other just centers. thinking about my mom, and I found her diaries. Yeah, yeah. What is uh, it? It's what they don't say. You know, here's the thing, Bailey Madison. I really want to like what you're doing here. You're, 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 you've clearly like you know Lucy Hale. You're clearly her her Padawan learner. You've been apprenticing at her feet, as short as they are. Yeah. I don't know. So it's the diaries the got same. some ripped out pages. It's not working the same. Noah yeah, shows up, ankle monitors off. Oh yeah, I did it this morning. Well, so so Imogen wants to know why a teen girl would rip out pages from her own diary since the whole point is that it's private. And it's like for a million fucking reasons, Imogen. For a million fucking I reasons. I feel like like Detective Imogen should have been like, it was ripped out on like, you know, from June twentieth to July second. Let me go back to the microfiche and see like what did anything happen during that time period? I don't know. Just yeah. like a clue. Anyway, Noah yeah. shows up and is just like, yo, A came after me in person in my building. Uh, you know, according to Texas Sense, because something my mom did to Angela Waters and Imogen's just like, aha, I knew it. Angela Waters is connected to everything. They all just kind of stare at each other. And then like this just god awful song about like horror movie right there on my TV, like lyric playing over and over. And then that's it. That's the end of the episode. Wow. What a way to end the episode. Like it was amazing. Would you get the fucking thing off like after you've had a, a beep 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 the night before? I don't know. It just, it just seems like that would be a more important. It detail. never seems like the writers have really taken that seriously as a plot point. Like she's like has a curfew, but like can be out late some of the time. But then later on, you know, she can like go to like a movie at night and it's fine. But she needs permission to go to the dance. I don't know. So Have whatever. You, it's off. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Have you considered that like the being the first pregnant spirit queen is like meaningful? Uh, yeah, totally meaningful. All right. Um, was there something we were going to talk about at the end of the episode? Oh, yeah. Um, Riverdale. Oof, why? What a threat. No, no, no. The news this week. Oh, okay. That Pretty Liars, colon, original sin, and therefore also Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionists, and Pretty Little Liars, and then Ravenswood all take place in the same universe as nope. Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Katie Keene. Nope. Because of like some dumb reference in a later episode. Nope. And the writers went and like did an interview and they're like, ha ha ha, it's so great, isn't it? Like we want to have a thing where the the Sean's football team plays Rosewood High, and you know maybe we can like I what was it they wanted like Toby and or I can't remember like what they mentioned. They they like have like dumb plans, um, and like oh maybe like you know Katie Keene will show up. You know it'll be Lucy, but not I don't know. It's no thank you, sir. No thank you. Please you keep your incompetent shit. Away from the OG Pretty Little Liars, please. There's almost this like uh, Elon Musk buys Twitter mindset 
do it all. Like, like I, I've been so obsessed with PLL and now I have, I'm in the position where I can just, I don't it's know, creepy. surgically, surgically attach it to my shows. Even, even back in the first season of Riverdale, there was like this real, like, Ooh, look at Riverdale. They're doing it the right way. Look at the way they handled their teenage relationship with a teacher plot line. It's like, or you could have just not done that plot line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, yeah. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Don't want that shitty show to have anything to do with Pretty Little Liars. And it, it feels frankly like very presumptuous for somebody who didn't create the show to be like, now my shit is in your universe. Yeah. I, I hope that this guy has been trying to call I Marlene King for like two years now. And she just never answers the phone. Apparently he wants to make a true blood show too. I saw that somewhere. Just like go away. You weird creep. Stop making television. Stop mm. just trying to draft on other people's better, better shows than you. Mm. All right. Predictions. My predicted. I'll hate the show even more if each passing week. Maybe it'll be better next episode. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, somebody somebody tweeted, oh, Marco's going to hate episode six. So thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm That's... seeing like two different spellings here. Is it male or fee that is in parentheses? It is fee. It's fee. Okay. INDB According to HBO then. Max. Yeah. Okay. INDB I just wrong. didn't want to correct mm-hmm. you earlier. All right. Uh, next week, S25, the night he came home. Oh, has God a damn 8.2 it. 8.2 rating on INDB. So you know it's good. I hate this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's contest time. It's contest time. All right. So I've done. So first, as, as you get set up there, uh, we ran a contest where you could enter to win a complete season or I'm sorry, the Com- pretty little liars, the original series on digital, uh, the complete mm-hmm. series on digital. Um, and you could have either tweeted us or emailed us or Instagrammed us or whatever. That's all done. Now we've collected all the entries, several thousand of you. Thank you very much for getting in touch with us. And now Marco is going to randomly pick three winners. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And I, we'll we'll get in touch with you via some method or other. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to like read like your contact info here yeah. on air. But uh, looks like Andrea is our first winner. Uh, Andrea is listening solely for the podcast. Thank you, Andrea. Her dumb a theory is that it's a time traveling Hester Prynne. Uh, I want to thank you. Some of you, some of you had like legitimately enjoyable dumb a theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Our I like the one where Sarah Harvey was a, and she yeah. killed Davy because Davy was taking a bath instead of a shower. That yeah, might be yeah. my favorite. Yeah, I miss Sarah Harvey. Uh, our next winner is Julia, who is in on the on the show for shame, Julia, and that her dumb a theory is that it's Imogen's mom. A lot of people were either in on Imogen's mom or uh, uh, Angela Waters' like twenty two year old baby. Although mm-hmm. one person put it as her her dumpster baby. Good for, you. <laughs> Good for you. All right, and last but not least, this is scrolling. Looks like it is Meg's who is out on the show. Good for you, Megs. That's the correct answer. And Meg's dumb A theory is that it is Allison and Emily's twins. That's right. The twins of Alice Emily. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, other, other great A theories were that the villain is HBO, mm-hmm. the sheriff, Tippy the bird, 
Melissa slash Jenna finally getting the respect they deserve. Imogen's in Radley imagining all of this. Creepy Harold, Bethany Young, Noel Kahn. Um, and they're all daughters of the Hastings and Alex Drake's going to hunt them down. Good stuff. That'd be Good nice. Stuff. That'd be nice. Yeah. Like if this season ended with Alex Drake showing up and murdering the entire cast, I wouldn't complain. I'm not saying it'd be the greatest ending ever, but I wouldn't complain. Oh, uh, would they recast Alex Drake? That's my Oh answer. God. Can you just fucking imagine? No, we couldn't get Troy and sorry, but oh, this is definitely oh. Alex Drake. Better yet. What if it's this weird, uh, like computer composite <laughs> like a deep fake? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like we we had an ai just like take a bunch of recordings of trying and do the dialogue mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway thanks to everybody who participated always yeah. like hearing from you guys if you want to get in touch with us our twitter is at bros watch pl2 our instagram is bros watch pl2 our email is bros watch pl2 pl2 at gmail.com if you like support the pod go buy your book we have two of them my name is trouble and trouble always finds me they're girl detective books they're much better than this show uh, you can go to my name is trouble.com to learn about the two books that are out. And very soon, I think by the, by, by mid afternoon of the day, this episode drops, you'll have some information on book three cover reveal oh, coming shit. cover reveal coming this Thursday afternoon. You can see what the cover for book three is going to look like and, and perhaps a synopsis as well. Mm. So, uh, it's coming. It's coming. It's like it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And nowhere. Yeah, All right. Uh, we'll be back next time. TTFN.